0: You're listening to Well, I Laughed, Part 1 of Influential Secrets, A Whisper in the Woods. From W.I.L. Studios in Denver, <laughs> I'm your host, Grant Thomas. I, just, I have said, oh, are we recording several times? And I am slightly aware that we are recording right now this, the top of the recording, which doesn't happen that often. Yeah, so. and if
1: you... Um, <laughs> I can't even say if you just listened to episode 24, because Mm. that's a whole different thing. If you just listened to episode 23, know that that ended half an hour ago, maybe. And in that time, I showered and put on a different outfit, and he put on a hat. I put on a hat! Because we have a dinner party after this, (laughs) and I had not left the couch since I got back to
0: my 5K, so I was feeling Wait, you run 5Ks? I run 5Ks! I can run 5Ks! I can
1: run 5Ks! Also,
0: I think the original quote was I run 5Ks, not I can run 5Ks Well, now it's I can run 5Ks
1: <laughs> It's canon!
0: I've been misquoted but that's oh, fine. I mean, it's true I can run 5Ks Actually, today's little run, which again, episode 23, girlies, same day. So we're talking about the same run. Um, I was wearing my little Pride 5K shirt. I I always like to call that the big gay 5K. That's not what they call it. They call it the pride 5K. Yeah,
1: in my head, it's always been the big gay 5K. And that's because I think I learned about it from you and Tyler. Yes,
0: exactly. And here's the thing. I'm sure gay isn't as inclusive of a term as they want for a pride event. But a big gay 5K, it rhymes. It feels
1: right. <laughs> is all I'm saying. It's it's a big event. There's it is a lot a big of gays. Event.
0: It's a big deal, and we love big deals.
1: Yeah. <laughs> do you have anything else to add?
0: No, just love a big deal. I'm not I even making that kind of joke. It's what I want the theme to actually be, but oh. you were like, no, no, I'm not making some innuendo. Oh. I'm referencing yeah. an off mic moment. So
1: I knew the story that I wanted to do for this, and I. hadn't come up with a theme yet and I still hadn't come up with a theme until I was in the shower about 10 minutes ago Uh, and the theme for the next three episodes because I have a feeling we're gonna not remember to Mm. put it on the (laughs) on episode 24 is um Influential Secrets. Or
0: influential Secrets.
1: Maybe Grant will wordsmith it and change it. I don't
0: know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll find out. Whatever's published, if it's... Yeah,
1: whatever came right before we started this, that's the theme.
0: Well, it's such a fun um, push and pull, too, mm-hmm. because uh, I am, I think, a bit more of a wordsmither of the two of us, but also a lot less productive than you are. So uh, we'll see which force wins. My own laziness, because I'll be all for it, and then we'll have the dinner party after yeah. this, which I'm very excited about. I'm just glad that I'm the adult. Oh, right. And then I will forget because I will have gone home. Much like I forgot that story in the middle of the story. Yeah. I'm going to forget to do it when I get home. But (laughs) Let's talk about dinner parties for a second, Maya. Yeah. What about them? (laughs) I love dinner parties and I I also love that I'm the adult that goes to and hosts Lots of them.
1: Mm-hmm. As soon as I mentioned a dinner party, I was like, yeah, Grant would be interested.
0: <laughs> and then, oh, I never told you this. You invited me like, hey, did you want to come to the dinner party tonight? Mm-hmm. And then I responded with, if it was meant to be a girls' night, like, absolutely happy to bow out. Like, no worries you at yeah. all. But if it's not a come. girls' <laughs> night. Yes, I would love to go. Send that to the Bohawks first. No! <laughs> and so they responded with, yeah, no worries. And I was like, oh, shit, okay. They just um, said, Wrong we give yep. you permission, that's fine. And I was like, okay, yep, okay. So I so I literally copied and pasted over the message into our group chat, aka just our messaging yeah. between the two of us. And it feels more official than that. Though. It does. It feels way more official than that.
1: It's it's just the chat when we're sending TikToks to each other. And then it's definitely <laughs> right. a group chat when we're talking business. It's
0: work email some of the time. Yeah. And then other times you're right. It's TikToks, it's silly little photos. Yeah. It's it's fantastic. It's great. The tone changes immediately. Immediate.
1: (laughs) Hey, did you see these messages? Can you respond? When can you respond?
0: Absolutely, working on it right now. (laughs) Will be done by EOD. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see what happened?
2: (laughs) I have tea. (laughs) You should
0: be. You. I hope you are. Proud of me for getting on that so quickly. I like I scavenged for every second that day to get stuff done. And to the like 50 people I communicated to within three hours, hi, hello, would love to hear back from you. Um, but think, not too fast because then <laughs> Grant will have to respond again. I think no. I mean, I mean <laughs> maybe not all at once. That's fair. Is what I'm trying mm-hmm, to say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, A lot of you got like basically a three-paragraph rambling of like, "I'm so sorry, it's taken me so long to send this." (laughs) Hi, how are you? And then those of you who joined within the last couple days, I was just like, "Oh hey, I'm chill." (laughs) Because in the back of my mind, I'm like, "They don't know how long it's been." (laughs) I found out some of you had joined and then messaged us a couple days after joining, and I hadn't sent you your welcome message yet. You, if you are one of those people, um, you're the ones I feel worst about. In fact, I think um, Brandon specifically—not going to say your last name to protect identities—but Brandon, um, I am sorry. Oh, we need to read our new
1: patrons at some point. We'll do that on your next episode. (laughs) That'll be so long. (laughs) Which is it until
0: right for a while? Wait,
1: hold on, hold
0: on. Please pause for short station identification.
1: New patrons. Um, sorry we haven't done this in a while, but it's always more fun when we don't do it for a while because then there's a lot of you. And it feels, it feels like we have a little community.
0: It's like more than a little community now. Oh, we it is. Are, it's
1: like a, a little commune, we I are think. getting.
0: We are rapidly getting close to more patrons than my parents' hometown has people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are an electoral force yeah. at this point. Okay, so,
1: um, okay. Caitlin M, Caitlin E, Brendan D, Samuel O, Blakeney, i think that's a username and not a person but that's what shows I read up on my blakey. screen blakey blakey there's an n Blakeney anyway aaron h brandon r christina m alex z esther m sabrina s cameron d jenna b christina r jl m gina f laura nicole chloe k emily c talitha r olivia y brianna h Kristen D, Jenna L, Chris R, Sarah G, Itzel S, Casey, uh a different Casey than my Casey, I'm sure. Uh Aaron, Amanda G, Marin P, Che, Allison N, Maggie E, Randy W, Genevieve T, Emily S, and Nicole L welcome welcome thank you for being here we love you we
0: hope you have enjoyed the especially unhinged content the best way i can describe it is the patreon episodes are like after the kids have gone to bed, yeah. and mom and dad can just be like really truthful, which is weird about because how we're the day already has been.
1: weirdly all, so truthful. I don't know how we get more truthful on the Patreon, <laughs> oh. but that's just something that
0: happens. I feel like we regress actually a little yeah. bit beyond like our base. Like this is our base yeah. day, and then once it's done, we're like, well, okay, well now that there have been like only one rule on us, which is don't mention family gossip. Our families <laughs> don't want us talking about. Let's really get into it now. <laughs> There was this great TikTok video about, you know, mom and dad talking after the kids go to bed at Mm -hmm. night. And the mom sits down and looks at her husband and goes, why does our eldest daughter think um, you foam at the mouth when you give birth? (laughs) (laughs) And he has like basically the same reaction and like laughs on the floor for a minute. And then he gets back up and he sits down and he goes, rabies. I thought she was asking what happens when you have rabies, not Not when babies. babies.
1: (laughs) Um, That's so funny.
0: And 100% how we would be as parents. A
1: hundred percent. In
0: fact, we had this moment, and if you thought we were done talking about Europe... You don't know how much we spent.
1: Uh, <laughs> it was an investment. It was.
0: It really was an investment. But there's this moment where we are on the train from Munich to our uh, Airbnb, which was like a 50 minute train ride. Really pleasant. Mm-hmm. But it's Maya and I, and then our friends Tyler and Danny. And Tyler and Danny like nod off on the train, <laughs> and Maya and I are sitting next to each other reading. reading. Books. And one of us leans over to the other and goes you know, we really would make great parents if (laughs) we wanted that at all.
1: (laughs) We said something about how, oh, because they both had had the, like... (laughs) Hot dog thing, and we we're like, yes. we should try this more often. They really conked right out. <laughs> exactly.
0: It was a little snack right before we hit the train, just put yeah, them right just... out.
1: <laughs> I think this is really great for us. It's also like
0: brighter than like fries under a heat lamp <laughs> in this train. It, I'm sure for safety reasons, but it is. Yeah. It is Walmart supercenter white. middle of the store yeah. bright white. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know how they did it, but
1: they were both out, and then I'm a mother. <laughs> as soon as we mentioned it, and I think one of them heard it, they're were like, "We're I'm awake." Right. And Open we're like. Wall. Um, and I... <laughs> yeah, we're like, okay, big guy. Okay. All right, whatever you say. <laughs>
2: okay,
0: you we were, you were wrong. Knowing we look. <laughs> oh, Grant said something like,
1: "You have to carry them to bed this time. My back hurts." <laughs> <laughs> <The>
2: last
0: time. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was, good. It was Great. Mm-hmm. We had a great time. And in case are, you can't tell, yeah. Well, I mean it. Changed my life. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> it did certainly change my uh, financial plans for the rest of fall. Oh,
1: think, yeah. Things are
0: fine, but it's just, we're going to be at home a lot now. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, we're going to be
1: saving some money.
0: I can have a little bit of couch time as a treat, you know.
1: <laughs> mm, yeah.
0: It'll be a good time. I do it's have fine. A I, time. Lots of cool, interesting people. And fall in Denver. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know I'm such a ride or die for this city in a way that you would think I'm like... A person from Philly talking about Philly. It's so real. (laughs) I just, I got to Denver and I was like, oh, this is it. This is where people like me are supposed to gather, (laughs) you know, Um, (laughs) like first class passengers on lifeboats, you know, just like, oh, it's a Titanic reference. I watched it on the plane to Europe. Anyways, fall in the city is great. I don't really want to go anywhere anyways. This is, it's a great season to be here in the city.
1: Yeah, no notes. I want right. to go up to the mountains. Are you
0: familiar with the sex in the city trope? No. It's a great season to be in the city, but when will the season be in me? <laughs> right from like Carrie Bradshaw doing that like gross little vlog thing.
1: Gross. Do we need to
0: cut that? No. Okay. It was just gross. <laughs> when
1: will the season
0: be? What, what does it even mean? I don't
1: know. It's when just When will gross. I be
0: the spirit of Halloween? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: when will I be as happy as the white girl in fall, <laughs> I think is what it means
0: we got to stop climate change now, or we're never going to see those boots again.
1: That's really true. The knee-high boots (laughs) and the horrible, yeah, infinity scarves. (laughs) I have so many scarves from that era, and I am a bit of a pack rat, and I've like kind of gotten rid of a lot of those tendencies, but clothes is one that I cannot get rid of, because my choir teacher in high school was always like, keep your clothes, because the trend will come back.
0: Oh. Okay.
1: She's not wrong. Sure. To be fair. But now I'm like, I could throw this away, but like, and I, I haven't worn it in like two years, but like, what if? Like, you know?
0: I love that for you. And oh, I think I don't. you have been stylish enough that that is true. <gasps> yeah. Whatever trends are about to come back from like six or seven years ago, um, not good, because no. in high school I was so afraid of anyone finding out my big gay secret <laughs> that I just dressed as about as awfully as I think I could manage to avoid any kind of suspicion, which then meant in the years afterwards a lot of overcorrection happened and I've settled into a really nice Bald beard, Patagonia hat. Like nice. this is, I like this is a look in the city. Yeah, love Denver. Uh, <laughs> this is a look in the city. Five years ago, I don't want to be in peach. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't need to be in neon green. <clears throat> um, So I love that for you.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: I need to get rid of clothes simply because I need to buy new clothes. That's fair. And it never dawns on me to do it until I've run out of clothes. clothes.
1: No, that's super fair. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: That is still the, like, heterosexual male I still
1: need to buy clothes when I run out of clothes because I just have everything in my closet. I'm like, well, this won't do.
0: (coughs) Oh, and am I just supposed to be ugly now (laughs) with the clothes that I bought with my money? And that I've worn out in public before. Ooh. Ah,
1: uh,
0: that's it. I'm not going. <laughs> I've been trying to remember what the monologue was because I've said it to kids, I th- or maybe you. I don't know. The only two groups of people I interact with, yeah. several times where it's like, I know. I'll run in, grab a handful of popcorn shrimp, yes. <laughs> grab the check, and get out of there. But what if it's a cash bar? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> For years, as a kid, I thought that meant a bar that gave you cash, <laughs> not a, a bar at a wedding cash. that you don't want to be yeah, at anymore. That's so real. Have <laughs> you ever been at a wedding where it becomes a cash bar because the yeah. guests have drank it all down so much? All of the so like, money that the
1: bride and groom have paid for? Yeah.
0: There's a moment where you're both proud of yourself and sad for the bride and groom. Yeah, you're like, oh, honey.
2: <laughs> you
1: didn't think this would last all night? Listen,
0: Griffin and Taylor's wedding was great in a lot of ways. Yeah. We did not hit the bottom of that barrel. Let me tell you that much. And there was a lot of people there when the lights turned on. It's wow. a classic Midwest wedding. You got to love them, you know?
1: Yeah, big wedding. Apparently. All of
0: my aunts walked away with cake in Tupperware. I love that. I love that. I didn't actually know that was a thing. I didn't know that in June, other families weren't eating cake from a bowl Mm -hmm. because you'd been to a graduation Mm -hmm. party where they got a big sheet cake with the person's face face on on it. And then they had to get rid of the sheet cake. I thought everyone in June, after your high school graduation, just ate pulled pork and cake for like several weeks (laughs) until it was gone. And then of course, a certain bowl of it would be shoved in the freezer Mm -hmm. and then right around two days before Thanksgiving Giving it'd be brought up brought from out, the yep, basement, yep. and now we're gonna have graduation cake with turkey. This is just this is how the world makes sense to me, and it's always potatoes in the whipped cream mm. container, and it's always gravy in the sour cream container. Okay. Because you have already used the whipped cream and sour cream, and then rinsed it out because they okay. come with a lid, okay. and you gotta store it.
1: In my head, I, before you said sour cream, I was picturing like the whipped cream like canister mm. thing, and I was like, I mean. <laughs> <laughs>
0: putting <laughs> potatoes into an aerosol can. I was
1: like, I mean, okay, like, <laughs> can you imagine just being able to like to like squirt out mashed potatoes?
0: Can I actually ask you this question? Yeah. And I don't think I've ever asked you such a pointed I'm question nervous. before. Maybe you should be a little oh, bit. Jesus. Um so your mom immigrated to the US. Yes. So, did you ever have tin cookies that actually contained sewing equipment?
1: Um No, but I have a bunch of other stuff that contains sauerkraut.
0: Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. So so this sour... We just weren't big
1: cookie people. Sure, sure, Mm sure, sure.
0: So this sour cream actually holds gravy from dinner. Oh, yeah. That is our Midwestern German version of... Oh,
1: I know exactly what you mean. Okay. I know what you mean. I just was picturing the aerosol canister and was confused. (laughs) Oh, someone got potatoes back into it. And then by the time you said sour cream (laughs) container and my brain figured it out, I was still too focused (laughs) on the aerosol container to like express that I understood sure. what you were saying.
0: You know, we actually, so we had this cool moment when I was talking with my family after coming back from Europe, where my Aunt Carol, love Aunt Carol, used to, for everyone's birthday or special occasion, make a big heart cookie, Ooh. but it was always out of uh, chocolate chip cookie batter, mm. and it would get baked into a big heart, and she would write something on it, and I just thought that was like a sweet thing my Aunt Carol cool. did, yeah. and I'd seen like other like, women from the community that my parents grew up in do it, and then we were in Munich, and it was oh, yeah. giant gingerbreads that, other than the cookie dough actually being different, yeah. looked exactly like what my aunt had always made us. And then there was this like incredible, weird moment where it's like, maybe it's just a coincidence. Yeah. If so, totally fine. I'm not saying a heart-shaped cookie is so hard, yeah. no other culture could have thought of it. Yeah. But part of it's also like, is this a German tradition that was brought so over down, and then yeah. changed a little bit to the point now where my aunt Carol does it just because that's what you did in the community mm-hmm. to celebrate a birthday, I didn't even realize it was like a connection mm. to like an old German tradition or heritage, things like that.
1: I'd be super interested to know. Yeah,
0: honestly, maybe it becomes a little Patreon episode yeah, we do one fun. time because we've always made German Christmas cookies, and we were deeply aware that they were German Christmas cookies. So that
1: one just might have been German, and you like didn't even know yeah. it. Yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. Well, I love that. I, I know That's we're gonna cute. keep talking about Europe. I don't know what else to
1: tell you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shared experience that we have.
0: Yeah. You have the story, so I don't know what uh, I Okay, I don't
1: know. <laughs> I didn't know if you had more shit to talk about. That's actually, that's a, that's
0: a good point. Do I have more shit to talk about? Oh, actually,
1: yeah,
0: I do. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Oh, <laughs> Got this idea from TikTok. Oh, God. I, you guys already know I was this child. That's not going to surprise anyone. <laughs> you, I'm curious, if you were this child, did you ever choreograph a little dance mm. or conversely put on a little play when you were a kid and there was a family reunion?
1: We never had family reunions.
0: Oh, fascinating. Yeah. Okay.
1: My family is like not that big. So okay. like we had trips where we saw the family, but nothing was ever like mm. a family reunion. And also my, so my mom's family is in Japan, right? And then my dad's family is on the East Coast. So we totally like skip over the like part of the country that mm. does like the <laughs> family, reunions. family reunions. Where I'm from,
0: gotcha. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, because they're East Coast, but they're also like... Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts Mm, mm -hmm. East Coast, so they're like, if we're gonna get together as a family, it's gonna be at a nice yacht club (laughs) and that someone of the family is a member of and then the whole is gonna be paid for
0: I played with my mother's old toys in my grandmother's basement, Mm. which was haunted and smelled like the active mold problem they did have, um, because we just got together every two months, like Thanksgiving, Christmas, Mother's Day Father's Day, Easter, Mm. like it was always, you know, the town would have a 4th of July thing and you know you can only play with haunted dolls missing For eyes so and wooden trains until you start to like and there's always this space and the basement was empty and devoid of adults which was just big enough to choreograph something so I on one or two occasions put on like a little show or something like that and then forced forced <laughs> at least <laughs> my mom and dad and older to, sister watch it. to watch it and so then I saw This little TikTok today. Yeah. And it was like, friend, come on over for the pre-pre, which is when you have like a soft launch to the pre-game. Yeah. And then when the pre-game shows up, the party's kind of already rolling, which is nice if you have Mm -hmm. anxiety. And it was, the video was like, show up to the pre-pre, and it was just a person badly dancing to Jungles back on 74. Yes! (laughs) It was like, we need to do more little shows before dinner parties. I agree. (laughs) So we have to then end this episode now so we can start practicing before tonight's dinner party. Thank you for tuning in.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There is no way my delusional ass has seen that choreography so many times that I'm like, I could do it. I could do it. I've seen it so many Mm. times. I could do it. There's no way in hell I could do it.
0: There's I should have sent it to you because I should have known that that was yeah. your POV. There's this video of them. It's, so, it's two girls trying to learn how to do it oh, instead God. of actually doing it. Yeah, and they're like, no, because as you're doing it, your hips are then kind of like yes. in- inverse, and like they kind of like are breaking it down a little bit, but not like as an instruct, like a dance instructor. Like they're
1: looking at, correct. at it, correct, and, and they're like, oh, I got to
0: move out. this part and this part, and it's really. Like humbling for myself to yeah. watch. I've never been graceful.
1: No. Oh, yeah, I was in. Um, I don't know if we've talked about this. I was bad at every sport I tried growing up, and some of those sports included dancing. <laughs> like when I was really little, I did ballet and tap, and then when I was a little older, I did ballet. I did. I did ballet and jazz. I ended up stopping ballet because I was better at jazz, but. I've, like, watched the videos of my rehearsals, because when I did that, I was probably, like, 13 or something, Mm, so I was, like, mm -hmm. old enough, but I was like, girl, there's no dancing in your future, like, (laughs) you gotta take a lot of lessons (laughs) to get good enough at that, and it was, yeah, yikes.
0: Jacob once had a doctor, uh, Mm -hmm. a new doctor, after doing a physical, Mm -hmm. looked at him and goes, hey, if it makes you feel any better, physically? you could have never been a professional athlete. (laughs) (laughs) And he goes, what? And he goes, oh yeah, just like a lot of guys your age end up kind of like asking that question and just, you couldn't. (laughs) And Jacob's fit. He's like maybe one of our fittest people. Doesn't he
1: run like, or he has run like marathons?
0: Yes, ran a marathon, doesn't really want to do it again, but he's going to do the half marathon with me. Oh, really? Because again, this is also being recorded before that half marathon happens. Yeah. during my wedding speech at my brother's wedding, yeah. which just killed, it just, it just killed me. In case you haven't heard me. talk about it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hire me. Anyways, um, there was this joke and it was um, just echoes of my childhood. And so the line goes, growing up, Griffin and I, you know, we're often compared with each other. It was like, Grant, why can't you catch the ball as well as Griffin? Grant, like watch how Griffin catches the ball. Grant, were you watching? Why can't you still not catch <laughs> the ball like Griffin? <laughs> It's funny because I'm the one that says it.
1: (laughs) So I, when I wrote my college essay, I wrote. I didn't actually need to do one for Mines, but I did one because I was like doing that thing where I was convinced I wasn't gonna get in. Um, Mm. Looking back on it, I probably didn't need to. I doubt anyone even read it, but I did it, and I wrote about how I could not. I was like so determined to find like a sport or an activity that I was Mm. good enough at. Um, to like make it my hobby and how that's like kind of how I approach life and I was whatever. um, but so that was my topic, and I had my AP lit teacher like review it with me, and I, I like didn't realize this when I was writing it, but at one point, I like was talking about how I'd tried so many like ball oriented sports, right? and I had <coughs> had the sentence, I had taken too many balls to the face. <laughs>
0: All of our gay listeners saw it coming a mile away, but yeah. we're thrilled to hear it. Glad we have it on record. Yeah.
1: <laughs> my teacher just started laughing and she was like, You need to change this. And I was like,
0: Fair enough. I, I hear
1: it, I hear it back. Go ahead I hear and say it back now. Out
0: loud to me right now. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> Let me know what you think you should do with the sentence. And
1: I was like, oh god, that's so embarrassing.
0: Uh, <laughs> oh jeez. Oh god. That's that's an issue too in my mixed grade level class, as mm. a younger kid will say something and all the older kids know. will laugh. Yeah. And the younger kids don't know, and the older kids do know. And I'm then stuck in this like terrible Catch-22 situation where the kid wants it to be explained to them as to what they said that was funny. And obviously, you can't. But then you need to also reassure the kid that they're not laughing at them, that it's just what you said was funny to some people. Certainly as an adult, I don't think it's fucking hilarious. (laughs) Certainly as an adult, I don't think it's funny, but that they're not laughing at you. It's just like the way you, and then the context, but I can't explain that context. So like, maybe ask. (laughs) And you shouldn't Google it and then say, well, Mr. Thomas said to Google it. Like, don't do that. You know, not all knowledge is needed right now, is what I'm trying to say. You have time, stay young. (laughs) They weren't laughing at you, kiddo. Yeah, that would ruin me as a child. I
1: had so (laughs) much anxiety. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. Well, are you ready for the episode?
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, eager. I don't even know what the theme is. Oh, it was, um, important secrets. Influential secrets. Influential's Influential's important. Ah. Influential secrets.
1: Influential secrets. I will warn you, this is the story that I knew I wanted to do, but also the story that I finished uh, researching right when Grant showed up, and so the intro very thorough. Okay. Um everything else we'll see how it goes.
0: And <laughs> I could translate that. Maya's about to do an episode the way I have done all episodes. Okay, sh- <laughs> 80% of your research is way closer to what my research usually is. <laughs> Would you is? calm down? Okay. <laughs> you know I
1: won't. I'm really interested to see if you know what this is. Oh,
0: fun. Okay. Um
1: okay. So typically I like to start with a little story, right? And so we're gonna start. We're in the summer of two thousand and eight. Okay. See the two thousand nine, two thousand eight. I'm pretty sure it's two thousand eight. Um, so indulge me for a moment. We're going to pretend that we're ghosts. It has nothing to do with Halloween. We're just like following along with someone, but we we're not there. Okay. Uh, and that's important later on. Um, so we're gonna pretend we're ghosts, following along with this person. Um, we are with Alex Shumatov. In Sonoma County, California. Okay. We are 50 miles north of the city of Monte Rio in the Redwood Forests. Okay. We come across a chain link fence with a hole in it and we squeeze through that hole onto this property with Alex. And it's a, we don't know this obviously, but like we know this, right? It's a 2,700 acre property. Right. It's massive.
0: Okay. In the Redwood Forest, mm-hmm. but this is privately owned land.
1: Yeah, there's no sign saying trespassing, but we know that we're trespassing. It is a private property. Um, So we, along with Alex, follow an old, overgrown railroad bed, and to our left is the Russian River.
2: Okay.
1: There is no sign indicating private property, but Alex knows we're trespassing. Alex grew up with the blue blub. (laughs) Blue blub. Uh,
0: (laughs) New tongue twister just passed.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Alex grew up with the blue-blooded ruling class. He has a preppy drawl. He's dressed to the dress code of quote hot rustic, as he calls it.
0: Okay. Sounds like he's gonna make it out of this alive if he's saying this in mm. postscript. Maybe. Yes. Okay. Yes.
1: Uh he's wearing Echo hiking boots, Brooks Brothers khaki pants, oh, a light green Ralph Polo shirt blue pebble beach rain shell and a blue tilly's safari jacket his hair and beard are cut short and neatly trimmed and this is all alex's way of kind of camouflage we continue down this path because it's
0: all like earth tones no okay nothing to do with
1: earth tones uh we continue walking down this path into a great growth of redwood trees alex stops and admires the like the enormity of what he's seeing um, this is a, a lot it's not old growth but it is like they're redwoods and they're endangered they're a really old species um, the canopy of trees starts 200 feet above the ground and it's so thick that you can't see the tops of the trees as we continue to follow the river into the property we come out onto osprey view road which we then follow for a few hundred yards um, soon the sound of ruckus male laughter drifts up to us and quickly after we come upon, and quickly after that, we come upon the main grove, which is about 109 acres of this massive 2,700 acre property. Okay. Um, and this main grove is in a canyon kind of, of sorts, so it's like a long property. Um, it's like long, not wide, I guess, if that makes sense, or tall, whatever. Um, we pass what looks to be a kitchen. The cook gives Alex a suspicious look before going back to work. Uh, We continue down the path past some camps and come across a lake. There's a couple dozen people sitting down at the lake, uh, sitting down um, on the lawn kind of next to the lake. And in front of, like at the front of this crowd, is a couple rows of blue folding chairs set up. And then in front of that is like another wooden bench or two. And then there's also a slow trickle of some more men walking down Edwards Road, toward from the opposite direction that we just came, towards the lake, um, where we then decide to take a seat. There's no one in the blue folding chairs, so we decide to sit in one of the blue folding chairs. Or Alex does. We're ghosts. It doesn't fucking matter what we do. Um, On the opposite side of the lake from us, there is a four-story stone statue of an owl.
0: Four-story? Yes. Okay. With a
1: stage in front of it. There are a couple rows of blue folding chairs. Uh, yeah, so we sit down in one of them. About two chairs away from Alex is an elderly gentleman. Alex and this man begin some idle chatter. Turns out he's the retired coach of the UC Davis football team. Okay. They talk football. Alex's son plays for Yale, and so they chat. So Alex is a dad. hmm Okay. Yeah. Alex looks at the program he's come by and notes, quote, you sure have a good time here. And the old coach replies with a blissed-out smile, quote, yes, we sure do. Another man in his 40s soon comes to sit at this, um, in this small set of folding chairs and glares at Alex and snidely says to the coach, quote, isn't it nice that there's a section only for the members? Alex doesn't really understand what he's saying, so he tries to be nice, trying to break the ice and says, quote, I hear McCain is coming next weekend. The man responds, quote, there's no way McCain would come here ever. We turn around and we see two men urinating on some of the redwood roots. Weird. Um, While we're turned around, we see a very elderly man, supported by a younger man in his 20s, coming towards the folding chairs and the long wooden bench placed in front of them. Have you
0: mentioned a woman yet? No. So they're all men.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Yep. Listener, I'm like in it. Mm -hmm. I'm invested. I'm lost. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: Um, The older man who you just spoke with, not the coach, shouts over to the elderly gentleman, quote, Mr. Bass, come and sit closer so I can talk to you. At this point, Alex tenses up, he recognizes that name and recognizes that he is not supposed to be where he is sitting. This is some kind of VIP area. Mr. Bass is Richard D. Bass. He passed away in 2015, but before that he was a businessman, rancher, and mountaineer. He was the owner of Snowbird Ski Resort in Utah and the first man to climb the Seven Summits, which are the tallest mountains on each continent, summiting Mount Everest at age 55. Okay. Alex tries to play it off, slapping his knees and saying, well, I guess I'll be moving along. Awfully nice to meet you. As he leaves, he promptly runs into security, which has recognized him for what he is, an intruder. Alex is kicked off the camp. He is a reporter for Vanity Fair, and security is well aware of who he is, as he's been trying to interview them about their logging issues for months. Since we're ghosts, we might as well stick around to see what Alex was trying to see. So after a while, some kind of ceremony starts. A bunch more people come down Edwards Road.
0: Is it at the stage where the owl is? Is that where the ceremony
1: is? Okay. Yes. Um, and we're sitting in front of a lake, and there's probably a couple, like between one and two thousand people, in this oh. giant crowd. A small boat with a skull carved into the prow crosses the lake towards the where the owl is and where the gathered members are. A high priest and some other individuals receive the boat. They are dressed in red robes with sharp pointed hoods. Inside the boat is a human effigy of a child, which we will find out they call dull care. They then place dull care at the foot of the tall wooden owl statue and set it on fire. The owl then begins to speak in the voice of Walter Cronkite and welcomes the guest to quote Bohemian Grove and thanks them for partaking in the quote, cremation of care ceremony.
0: What? God. For the first time ever, I'm like truly, not even on my back foot, I'm like seated, I'm sat. <laughs> what?
1: Um, this is, well, hold on. This is Walter Cronkite's voice for those of you who don't recognize him. He's a very famous Yeah, anchor.
0: he's a famous journalist.
1: Yes. This evening news, for me, it's a moment for which I long have planned, but which nevertheless comes with some sadness. For almost two decades, after all, we've been meeting like this in the evenings, and I'll miss that. But those who have made anything of this departure, I'm afraid, have made too much. So that is Walter Cronkite, incredibly famous, and his voice is recorded on this 40 foot, 40, yeah, 40 foot tall owl. Is that what it was? For story. so it's like his
0: legitimately his voice. He recorded that saying. It's yes. not like a edit or anything. Okay. Did it? McCain? Do they mean John McCain? Yes.
1: Dear listener, I am so happy right now in this moment. I have, I got him.
0: (laughs) What? What is going on?
1: Okay. So this is something called, and I'm, I'm off script reader because my notes are not organized. Um, This is a group of men called the Bohemian Club. Okay. They originated in Sacramento and they've been a club now for 150 years. Every summer, they have a two week long camp, summer camp, in Bohemian Grove. Okay. And it is incredibly, incredibly exclusive. This camp, not only is it almost impossible to get into the club itself, it's invitation only. um, And it costs a lot to get in and stay in. Inside of the camp, reporters have been trying to get a look at what goes on inside of this camp for decades like decades. We'll talk about it. And there's not a ton known aside from like the cremation of care ceremony.
0: Why do we even know about that?
1: There's some pictures. Okay. That we'll show you. Okay. Here, we can we can start off with that. Um there have been some people who <laughs> This is such a fucking creepy photo. <laughs> Don't scroll.
0: Oh my god, it's so You think you have an idea as to what it's going to be? And it's terrifyingly worse.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Is this a picture or a painting? It's a picture. It's just the fire is so intense; it casts this like yellow light over everything, mm-hmm. it and looks fake. it's it looks super fake. Mm-hmm. It also looks like a like a Renaissance painting. This it looks is like a four hundred year old painting. Yes,
1: I believe if I'm not mistaken, this picture. They got a series of pictures that are available on archive.org um, that are, I think, from the 60s.
0: Okay. Well, so, so it's an old photo, ago. at least. Yes. But still.
1: Yes. So, let's talk about the founding. What is
0: this called again?
1: The Bohemian Club.
0: The Bohemian Club. hmm Which is also super ironic, because to call yes. someone... Okay. Are we going to talk mm-hmm. about that? Should we yes. pause? Okay. Yeah. Pause.
1: Um, yeah. So, the founding. It was founded in early 1872 by a small group of San Francisco journalists. I think I said Sacramento yeah. earlier. San Francisco. San Francisco journalists, writers, actors, and lawyers. And primarily it was journalists of the San Francisco Examiner. They wanted a place to enjoy the arts and put together amateur art performances. Okay. So initial group members also included members who had it in quote, appreciation for the arts, a.k.a. they weren't artistic, but had money. Mm. Um, so they were businessman <laughs> friends of the artists. Were they
0: artistic? No. Were they eccentric? Yes. Yes,
1: exactly. And that
0: explains why, then, like, artists would be like, yeah, I can do that for you. How much money do you want to give me? Okay, okay.
1: Um. So this group of people that formed uh, rented a room on a... On Sacramento Street, before then building a clubhouse on Post Street, in 1878, the growing number.
0: 1878. Yes. Oh, okay.
1: 1878, a while ago. Yeah. 1878, the growing number of artists acquired the land, the land near Monte Rio, where the Grove currently goes, or where the club currently goes uh, to Bohemian Grove. They hosted their first summer party there, uh, first known as the Midsummer Hijinks.
0: <laughs> what, like 1902?
1: <laughs> <laughs> 1878.
0: Oh, okay. So yeah. We should use the word hijinks more. Yeah, I, I know. Okay. Sorry, I'm trying to get back to, like, that fun, casual, kooky grant, but it's, like, I'm being presented with a lot of brand new information mm-hmm. that I have no knowledge on at all. This makes me so happy. And the creepy photo really has, like, kind of threw me <laughs> for a second. Okay, so we got a bunch of just jokesters, just a bunch jokesters, of pals. yes. A bunch of pals and their wealthy patrons mm-hmm. join and us so on they, Patreon. They am put... kidding. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, at these summer plays and, like, at these clubs, they put on, like, little amateur performances, they celebrate mm. their art, they do speeches, they do like So
0: they do the pre pre dinner party mm-hmm. thing. Nice. Yeah, okay. Yeah.
1: Um <laughs> They uh <laughs> while back then it was to celebrate the arts, it was always a little kooky. And okay. I think that was kind of the idea. It was a
0: little hyjincy. Mm-hmm. Nice. Exactly.
1: However, quickly it did become a gathering of rich, conservative mm. white men. Artists and musicians are still part of the club, but mostly as entertainers Ooh. now. Yeah. Oscar Wilde, who was a member of the club and has been to Bohemian, had been to Bohemian Grove, is quoted saying, quote, I never saw so many well-dressed, well-fed, business-looking Bohemians in my life. (laughs) And so that's kind of, the term Bohemian means like Artist, right? Essentially, Um, if you look it up, it's a socially unconventional person, especially one who is involved with the arts or being socially unconventional but in an artistic way. And And so,
0: during our travels, we traveled through I think Bohemia. Mm -hmm. I'm like triple checking that real quick to make sure I'm not wrong. Um, I'm sure we yes, did. we were correct. Okay, yeah, we, did, we used to like, travel through Bohemia. Yeah, you're an artist. You have a carefree lifestyle. Yeah. Coffee in the morning, booze in the afternoon, coffee and booze in the evening. Mm-hmm. bunch of bad poetry. You know, living in a poet flat. Exactly. You know, things like that. And so you had that community, and then there was a bunch of really rich old people who that's were like, slowly... "Well, what a great time to make business connections in this a secret club that we pay for." Mm-hmm. Oh, fascinating. Yeah,
1: and so that's why Oscar Wilde is kind of saying, "Well, these aren't fucking Bohemians." Also, I'm
0: oh, really curious because uh, Oscar Wilde was at least, I think, at least partially part of the aristocracy in England. Mm-hmm. So, like, was an artist, but also kind of like spoke, was like kind of both sides of that yeah. coin. Yeah.
1: Fascinating.
0: Yeah. So, their
1: motto is a quote from Shakespeare's A Midsummer's Night Dream. Quartz of
0: course, A Midsummer's Hijinks. Yes.
1: Weaving spiders come not here, which means to leave all outside business and concerns at the door.
0: Weaving spiders come not here.
1: And so, on their clubhouse, there's, I don't think I saved a picture of it, but there's like this, um, I don't know, engraving of an owl. And then it says, weaving spiders come not here on it. Um,
0: really cool tattoo idea. Also, by (laughs) the way, with a little like cobweb in between some of the words and stuff. Once you see who's a
1: member of this club, you Mm. will know like Jane
0: and Walter Cronkite. (laughs)
1: Yeah. So we'll talk about the setup and then I'm going to go into some of the like notable history of the club. Um, yeah, okay. So the setup, it's, as I mentioned, it's 50 miles north of the city of Monte Rio. This is where the grove is, not the clubhouse. It's a 2,700-acre property in the Redwood Forest of Sonoma County. And um, most of the activities take place in the 109-acre main grove, the remainder of the land being forest, all redwoods, um, and, like, some um, Douglas firs, I think they said. Okay. So, and there are 120 separate rustic camps. and Camps are cabins? Camps. It okay. some of the camps. It seems like have very different vibes. So you kind of get s- each member is assorted to a camp, and it's not like one person per camp. It's sure. like you are assor- sorted based off of like similarities in your background. You got to so fit like, like,
0: like two thousand people. So yeah. Yeah. So okay. like
1: Harvard members typically we'll all go to one oh. camp or if you're really into theater you go to like that Imagine camp a
0: camp counselor for the people who've run america
1: <laughs> we will get oh, shit. into it okay
0: okay fucking nuts bro <laughs> um i really
1: wish i'd had more time to like really like flesh this out but it's just like a little culty always best
0: have a little fuzziness on the edges fuzziness
1: on the edge yes so um yeah, the fanciest of the clubs is Mandalay, and then ironically, the second fanciest is Hillbillies, <laughs> and they all have kind of weird names like that. Um, and s- they were saying that some of the clubs it can range from anywhere from like literally a teepee with no electricity and like okay. canvas to fully flushed out cabins with private chefs. Sure. Like that's the range that we're talking about here. So Mandalay and Hillbillies are the two like big ones. Um, other camps include Derelicts. Five Easy Pieces, which is the music and theatrics (laughs) camp. Wait,
0: that's where they put all the artists?
1: That's where they put all of the businessmen who want to be artists. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, there's some musicians and artists still in, but um, yeah. Poison Oak, Rattlers, Caveman, which is where Richard Nixon was. (laughs) And then Highlanders, which they wear kilts, which feels like cultural appropriation, but whatever. (laughs) Anyway, um, and then, as I mentioned, the creepiest part, which is literally I had this story in my notes app as a story to cover, and I didn't remember any of the details or, like, what the name was even. And all I had was that weird camp with the owl. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so is the stage one of the camps? Is that what you're saying? No,
1: it's just one of the gathering places. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there, like I mentioned, is an owl with the voice of Walter Cronkite.
0: Giant w- Like stone carved stone,
1: yes. Um, go on our Instagram, we'll post it there. Uh, it's a 45 foot tall stone owl. Why the owl? You may ask, as does everyone. Um, owls have been linked to the Illuminati and Masons, and ultimately, like, they don't we don't know why they chose an owl, but um, you'll notice people with tin hats, I think, is what the article said. People with tin hats will notice that there's an owl in the corner of every dollar bill. What there is a little owl. Really? I think that's probably why it's linked to the
0: Illuminati and the Freemasons.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Okay, so some interesting history that has taken place here. Every
0: part of this history is interesting. Yeah. I am like,
1: so how long is it? Like, how long is this camp usually? Two weeks.
0: So you have all of these people in one place for two weeks. <sighs> Thank you. Okay. So <laughs> same exact. Thought I'm just we are saying. Both I'm just having. saying.
2: They're all there. I
0: saw this thing on TikTok and it was like, actually, there's like an Aspen Ski Weekend is like a great... I don't know if I should finish the rest of the story. There's one road basically in and out of Aspen. Mm. And like the amount of wealth that is in Aspen is, is enough that you would disrupt at least the US economy should something real. catastrophic happen yeah. there. We are not praying for death. We have some complaints about capitalism, but I also
1: have some complaints about city planning, if they thought only one <laughs> road in and out was good. I'm also
0: not entirely positive that's true or not. It's one of those little TikTok videos where you see it, you go, ha, uh-huh. not gonna investigate. Yeah. <laughs> not gonna follow up. Yeah. <laughs>
1: There's too much information out
0: there. (laughs) Jungle, it's fine. (laughs) Okay. More dancing videos.
1: Okay. Anyway, uh, (laughs) some interesting history that is that has happened here. Um, The California Forest Preservation Movement began with the Bohemian Club. Okay. But this was early Bohemian Club. Right, and also probably to keep their secrets, not to keep
0: the forest. No. Oh.
1: It was just early, early on. I'm not saying still
0: artists with voting power. Yes.
1: I'm not saying that the Bohemian club currently believes in the preservation of the Redwoods. I'm saying that early Bohemian club <laughs> believed in preservation of the Redwoods. Um, Richard Nixon's run for presidency was kicked off in a 1967 lakeside talk.
0: What? Yes. 1967 lakeside talk. Richard Nixon's like, then I'm, so I'm, I'm going to run, run for, for president. president. Also, in the story you first told us about Alex, are we going to meet the yes. names of the other two people other than Bass, who you said we're not going to meet them? No. Okay, so let that go right now.
1: Yes, this is uh, oh Richard Nixon gosh. and Reagan at the camp. It looks it
0: looks fake. Yeah, like um, oh, what's oh, what's his. Not Keegan, Michael Peel. He's the Mm, film, he's the family, right? It's giving his haunted vibe. It's like classic Americana. There's like a piano somehow in the background. There's like these flags hanging. They pin something to a tree. They're all in like, I guess, casual suits. They 100% look like uh, they are plotting to like evict orphans from a home or like to burn a home from others. Lots of white men. It's it's not even the fact that they're all white. It's that they're all white and they have faces that look like they are scheming how they could like yeah. invade second countries and third countries. Yeah. Um, so that
1: was 1963. This is another picture. Um, oh, this is
0: Oktoberfest. <laughs> 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 it's of their like
1: dining hall, and I didn't realize until now that they're all looking at the camera for the yes. picture, and that's really creepy. <laughs>
0: I mean, that's how it's group photos get taken. It's just too many
1: people. It's just too many people. I didn't... What,
0: would it be better if they didn't all look at the camera? I would and appreciate they were if just, it was a candid. Okay.
1: Oh. If, <laughs> they're like eating.
0: It, a candid and half the campus staring directly at you? That sounds so much worse. I don't what know. What I keep looking for in these photos is this. Where is the staff? Oh, because, we'll talk about it. Okay, because I'm going <laughs> to say, there's no way this many people who yes. do not take care of mm-hmm. themselves gather together. Girl, like, you are
1: right on it. We
0: go on camping trips with our friends. And for the most part, we're all rugged enough to like bring our own stuff and like brush our own teeth or things like yeah. that. But there's always a moment or two where you're like, oh, this is a lot easier when I'm at my house to like take care of myself. Yeah. Could not imagine what men who couldn't make scrambled eggs are doing in the middle of the forest. Yeah, okay.
1: yeah. Um. I love, I took this <laughs> from an article from The Bold Italic, and the article that this person does, I forgot to get the name of the author, but um, they're so sassy with it. And so <laughs> this photo of them all in the dining hall or dining area says, her caption or their caption was, Spot the ethnic women. JK, there are none. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, okay, we'll get into those later. So
0: I've moved past the this is creepy and now have accepted the this is actually exactly how I think all of us understand the world to be mm-hmm. and let's riff on it for the next hour or two.
1: <laughs> it's really real. Okay, so yeah, Richard Nixon's presidency was kicked off there. Edward Teller is said to have planned the Manhattan Project there. Oh, um, probably not at the Grove, but at the club, uh, the clubhouse. Kissinger made his speech. Um, Do we need a foreign policy there? Um, Peter Phillips, a Sonoma State University Scientologist who has published extensively on the Bohemian Club, calls it, quote, the global dominance group, end
0: quote. Like, yeah, but it's like bad to hear a title on it, you know? Ooh.
1: Okay. So now we're gonna get into the. It's like when cream. they have
0: the calorie counts on your McDonald's yeah. meal, and it's like, like I don't want to I know. know. I don't need it to be confirmed. Yeah. Like I know. I know. I get it. Like, I get it. It is good to know, but I don't need to know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to opt into that. Uh,
0: correct. 100. Yeah. Okay. It's like a peel away sticker. I can check later. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that creepy ass ceremony I described yes, at the where beginning. Where they burn
0: the effigy of, of a, a child. child, which makes sense since Henry Kissinger's there and lighting up villages mm-hmm. that fill are full of children is one of Henry Kissinger's, or criminal, favorite thing to do
2: ha, 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 ha. on
0: the record. <laughs> How did Diane Feinstein not outlast him? That is what I want to know. <laughs>
1: <It's> so real. <laughs> R.I.P. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. So Cremation of Care. In 1893, Joseph D. Redding performed a play named Druid Jinx, in which Christianity is depicted defeating paganism, converting the druids away from bloody sacrifices and other sinful acts. Sinful acts according to Christianity.
0: What year is this play?
1: 1893. So this is pretty early.
0: So still artistic. Still
1: artistic and I think that's where some of the kitschiness comes from here. Um, They got so into the group as a whole, got so into warning against human sacrifice that they began recreating it?
0: Just to scratch the itch for sure.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I told this story several episodes ago and I'm gonna just repeat it right now it's the loud kid in your class who's super homophobic and at one point you're like hey like no one else is thinking about this half as much as you are do
1: you have something to say? you know and a lot
0: of them are now mean and my friends (laughs) Uh Um, you can't be like, we all know what we could do here, and because we're not going to do it, we're just going to have a small little ceremony that recreates every step of it. To
1: represent what we're not going to do.
0: And to make sure that we don't, you know, cross any line. Mm-hmm. We're going to cross them all, and it's going to be a small effigy of a child. Because <laughs> I understand it if adult sacrifice doesn't mm-hmm. do it for you, yeah. and you want to see well, like what's on the other side, so we're just going to scratch, 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 scratch the it. Yeah. And we're going to get Walter Cronkite <laughs> to talk about it. <laughs> Do you know how honored we would be if you asked us to voice the owl in your play about <laughs> In your play about how much you don't want to sacrifice humans? Huge gift. 100%. Get. It goes HelloFresh and then that. That is the, <laughs> second, that's the second big fish out there. <laughs> We actually, when we were in Oktoberfest, yeah. <laughs> met the voice actor who does Hello Fresh. and if we weren't too deep into Oktoberfest at yeah. that point, we could have made a much stronger business connection, but as it was, we won't say his name because we didn't get permission from yeah, him. But I also he was a d- cool guy.
1: Helped him hit on some people, and I feel like he then owes the favor. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Was one of those there.
0: people Tyler? No. Then he does owe the favor. Yeah.
1: Nice. <laughs> <I get it. laughs> we don't owe him an apology card. <laughs>
0: because <laughs> we do owe some people apology cards. Oops. That's a that's a bigger we than just Maya and I. That's fine. you won't hear this episode until at least twenty twenty four, so it's okay. <laughs> We love you enough.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So this ceremony of recreating the human sacrifice to warn against paganism and druids became the cremation of care and has not been changed at all since 1923. What is
0: cremation of care supposed to mean? Here, here,
1: here we go. Here we go. Um, So the purpose of the cremation of care is to banish worldly, quote, dull cares, which is what they named the human child effigy, for the members partaking in the year's festivities. And
0: to be clear, when they say world's cares, it means the world's worries and issues.
1: Yeah, like their business dealings and other shit. And not
0: like, let's kill empathy now! And now that empathy's dead, let's talk about foreign policy, Henry Kissinger! Yeah. (laughs) unaccounted yes. for war crimes. Yes. Okay, that's good to know. In case you, I didn't think I was going to talk about Henry Kissinger this much,
1: <laughs> but it's not my fault
0: he gets invited to the California Redwoods.
1: Exactly. Hold on, I want to open. There
0: also is this moment as she opens up the thing she's getting ready where it's like, for all of the wildfires that California has suffered through and all the beautiful nature that's been touched by it, this camp is still around. It's like, this camp's still around, Mitch McConnell's still alive, and I just mm-hmm. have a really hard time understanding mm-hmm. what the universe is doing. And that's just preparing to give us one really funny day.
1: <laughs> in that case, in that case, I, I it. meant it. I yeah. get it. Okay. I get it. Um, hold on. I'm trying to find this thing. I have another
0: five minutes of Mitch McConnell material. If you no, want no, me to no, 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 okay. no, 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 no. I can feel time. I can feel time. I know you can. It's 1878, and I'm in the Bohemian Club right now. <laughs> I can put on a really weird play.
1: <laughs> okay, I need to. Okay, here we go. Okay. Um, that's good. We're going to go back here. And then... Where was I? What this was is, I doing? What was I saying? This is me teaching. Yeah.
0: I know I had this pulled up I before class started. Okay. Is it no, it's not that's no, my email. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so yeah. Um, the one of the articles, the bold italic article When they were talking about cremation of care, their quote was, "Um, "Not sure what worldly cares these wealthy white men are Mm. so burdened by that they need a talking house-sized bird to help them process." (laughs) Or the effigy
0: of a child, for the
1: record. Men will literally (laughs) (laughs) listen to a talking house-sized bird and burn a human effigy instead of going to 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 therapy. therapy. (laughs) <laughs>
0: That's so funny and so true.
1: Okay. It's
0: um, also so th- funny, too, because they're doing all of this, and they are then clearly not leaving the worldly cares. If you are at this camp after that festival yes. announcing a run for president, you are absolutely not.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So um, the artic- or Alex, the guy that we talked about at the beginning, uh, he has journalist. an article. The journalist.
0: Oh, he was trying to look wealthy. He- Yes. That's how he was trying to, was trying camouflage. to camouflage. yes. Oh.
1: Mm-hmm. But the uh, security at the Bohemian Club, obviously they have a ton of money to right. spend on security, and since 9-11 have beefed it up drastically. Oh, I'm sure they did. Yeah, so now they have, like, ex-CIA, F, the X F B I fbi agents. I don't know why I can't talk today.
0: If there's any justice in this world, they have to take their shoes off before going into the camp.
1: Yeah, but um, they're all experts at detecting people like that aren't meant to be there, mm. and so he was doing his best to like not. But he he made the mistake of sitting in the VIP area, and essentially that's what got him kicked out. He had a plan to see the cremation of care ceremony, and then he had a plan to go explore some of the redwood forest because the reason he went is because of their logging. That they have going they're on.
0: logging the land that they control yes because they don't have enough money yes they're touching these ancient trees yes fire <laughs> fire on everything <laughs>
1: isn't that infuriating fire on everything yeah. so he has a trees
0: will survive that kind of fire I know exactly fire on everything and they
1: keeps trying to say it's for fire prevention it's
0: not fire for it's... everything fire <laughs> I <laughs> don't get me cornered at a dinner party because then the, the real opinions come out
1: <laughs> so if you're interested he has a beautiful article I'll get into a little bit of it in a, in a moment but he has a beautiful article that was published May 2009 called The Bohemian Tragedy and it's about oh
0: beautiful title I know right
1: it's about about, like their history with the Redwoods and everything.
0: That is it inappropriate for that to also be the title of our episode, The Bohemian Tragedy? Probably. It's probably a bit too much of a nope. Okay.
1: I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll talk about it. We'll workshop
0: it. More podcast (laughs) business on the episodes.
1: So in the story that I told at the beginning is basically the story that he tells. um, Kind of like three quarters of the way through, he's like talking about um, how he snuck in and got kicked out. And when he is sitting there next to the UC Davis football coach, he has a program.
0: How is the UC Davis coach part of this? I I mean, UC Davis is a local football program, but. I don't know. OK, sorry.
1: Um, so he's looking at the program and he's like he notes what is on the program. And so this is what he says. This is a direct quote. He said all kinds of events have been lined up on the great pop hits of World War II, Gypsy Music, Mushrooms, Hollywood and its global audience, Sam Cooke, National Geographic's Genographic Project, Cajun Music. The talks at the lake and the museum re- re- reflect the growing anxiety of the grove quote, America, we have a problem by Bohemian Norman Augustine. Um, another quote, or like, these are all titles of speeches. The future isn't what it used to be by Ken Jowett, Jowett. Other offerings, the role of nuclear in America's energy choices. Always present, the role of religion on American politics. Past ideals, future strategy by James Billington. Bohemian and the Library of Congress. Tony Snow, a Bohemian and one of George W. Bush's more effective press ser- secretaries is scheduled to talk about life in the press room, but he will die today, I will find out later, after a prolonged battle with colon cancer. They must not have been able to change the program. Um, there are two talks about the logging controversy, Protecting Your Right to a Grove Shower, i.e. Fog dripping, fog Drip Precipitation, what? By I have no idea, by Jack Blackwell.
0: Wait, how is... How is it actually a toe into hippieism? Okay. Yeah. And that's what they're talking about chemical warfare against your enemies.
1: I have. Yeah, I don't know. Would not put it past this group. (laughs) Um, Okay. Yeah. This is about the conservation easement for the main grove. And then.
0: Sorry. No, you're good. I've. This is, and let me say the whole sentence. (laughs) The exact kind of conference I would love to go to, if the politics and ideology were reversed, was literally exactly reversed. I would actually love to hear like uh, hope and optimism, America's green future, and its current reality, and then go to a Cajun music show, Mm -hmm. and all of it being surrounded by redwoods. (laughs) It is not. It is kind of crazy that these like terrible non-environmentalists keep meeting in the woods, but I get the setting and I get how nice it is to kind of gather and engage in like this kind of thought and like discussion, especially with people you feel like are invested and not just like friends who had a long day at work at dinner. I mean, those are great, but you know, like to be there for that reason, but everything sounds like nightmare material that they end up talking to exactly like what was what was the conference four years ago the supreme court and how we can fuck it up probably yeah probably it was probably by justice kavanaugh i said what i said (laughs) granted
1: (laughs) okay so here are some notable members um in the past some of the early members included Mark Twain and Ambrose Bierce. Hmm. Um, he was a writer, Ambrose Bierce was a writer in the late 1800s and early 1900s. Jack London, who was a socialist, who, quote, wrote a clairvoyant novel called Before Adam about a time when humanity was ruled by a small group of idiots who destroyed the world, or who were destroying the world, which huh. is ironic.
0: Which is why then Christianity was needed. Yeah, naturally. of course.
1: <laughs> um, Steve Miller of the Steve Miller Band. Uh, two former members of the Grateful Dead, Mickey Hart, oh. Bob Weir, Walter Cronkite, George H.W. Bush, mm. Christopher Buckley, uh, Henry Kissinger, board members from Halliburton and Bank of America, and Tracks. other oil and gas companies and banks, whatever. <laughs> Every Republican president since Herbert Hoover. Shut. Except um, for... Donald Trump. Donald Trump.
0: <laughs> even then, got
1: him. Yeah, Love exactly. it. Love well, yes. it. So Herbert Hoover...
0: <laughs> this is a bad group of people. But they not even be good at like, being bad. Imagine, what was it? The Death Eaters in Harry yeah. Potter, whatever it be, like... We're good. Yeah, Voldemort. <laughs> We're fine. I think Voldemort. you like
1: you went too far.
0: <laughs> I love it. Yeah.
1: So Hoover, Eisenhower, Nixon, Ford, Reagan, H.W. Bush, and Bush. Herbert Hoover called it, quote, uh, the greatest men's party on earth. <laughs> Richard Nixon was recorded on one of his Oval Office tapes calling it, quote, the most. Gay word slur starting with an F. Goddamn thing you could ever imagine, end quote. But however, being president doesn't automatically grant access. <laughs> which is funny because H.W. Bush was a member. Right. W. Bush attended as a guest <laughs> and was never granted full access. This wasn't
0: fully, we're, we're a little uncouth for all yes. of them. I love so that. So you
1: can be invited to the Grove and to the club as a guest, um, but typically there is still a pretty strict, like, Access policy mm, about how you like get it. Much like
0: this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> you got to
1: know someone. Um, quote from Nixon: Anyone can aspire to be the president of the United States, but few have any hope of becoming president of the Bohemian Club.
0: I want to. I want to be like in the movie Carrie. I want to do that to the Bohemian <laughs> Club.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Donald Trump, however, has never even received a guest invite. Yeah. Because um, you know
0: you, the club still has to approve your guest invite.
1: Yes. And the author of the bold italic wrote, quote, even drunk pagan bird worshippers need to draw the line somewhere, end quote. <laughs> 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 I love this author. Um, I should actually look at who wrote it before I like keep quoting it. There is about, actually a
0: certain element to this where it's like, listen, you're evil, and that's inexcusable. But I kind of appreciate that you're evil with like a guiding light.
1: Yeah, like at least they have... Some line. I
0: just kind of love that there are people that they bully that I also want to bully. I think that's actually the essence Mm -hmm. of what I'm Mm -hmm. trying to get to. Um,
1: The author of the bold italic article is um, Andrew Chammings, and this article is called "The Most Secretive Club in America," um, and it was published in 2019. Okay, February 4th, 2019. So. Where was I? I keep scrolling, and I need to stop. So it's a social club.
0: It's a networking club. They're gonna put on some programming again. I hope we're gonna get to this. How, who, who's the program coordinator for the Bohemian Club? How does this decision get made? Is there an executive committee? Is there, I mean, surely there's like an events person. How do you line up all the professional chefs? Who's handling security clearance? Like to a certain extent, the secret club needs to have like an LLC or a <laughs> 501c3 formation just so that way you can like mm-hmm. pay people. Granted, I mean, if you want to run a completely illegal secret club that pays no taxes and keeps no membership, we'll it sounds like it they have the bit. kind of membership to mm-hmm. pull that mm-hmm. off. I mean, exactly. And let's not, for a second, assume that they have to play by the same rules any of the rest of us do. But still, I imagine they just know what they know, and so you're gonna just kind of run it the way you do. I have questions. <laughs> you, I'm th- listen. I am thirty. I understand that nothing just <laughs> happens anymore. That there nothing is does always, happen. almost always, a stressed woman, but there's always a stressed person running up behind not the scenes. a woman this one. No, yeah. oh absolutely, <laughs> unless that woman is Justice Amy Comey Barrett. <laughs> Anyway,
1: uh, (laughs) uh, other notable members to finish up this little section. In 1942, Oppenheimer headed the Manhattan Project planning meeting at the Camp Clubhouse. Dick Cheney was also a member. Donald Rumsfield and Clint Eastwood were also notable members that I ran across. Yeah.
0: So some (laughs) rules. There's a lot of rules. Fight club rules, I'm assuming. Basically.
1: Um, Aside from the prostitutes... What? It's a men-only affair.
0: Oh my god! <laughs> I don't know. Here's the thing. Actually, I really just assumed that they were kind of all there to tape in, to take in each other's vapors. That they wouldn't even try to bring in prostitutes, or that like they wouldn't want it. Like, hey, 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 like that's that's for the, on your way back to the airport. This is like cheat on your wife. Um, okay, so yeah. other than the prostitutes, exclusively men.
1: Women um, have never been allowed full membership, but have been allowed to attend as guests. With the stipulation that they must leave by 10 p.m., <laughs> get off the premises before your husband cheats on you. Like, Nixon what? Nixon was right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the actual fuck? Okay, the club- Imagine
0: being one of those wives that was like, okay, bye, honey, have a fun sleepover in the woods like- with your friends. I know. <laughs>
1: Um, So the club even banned women from working on the camp until 1976, when the California Supreme Court lawsuit judged the practice to be discriminatory. (laughs) Yeah, imagine. (laughs) Yeah, so now they hire some women, and we'll get into more of those details in a bit. Okay. Um, Because they're skirting the rules still. Uh, The entire club and annual summer camp is entirely hidden. There is no website, no email contact, no application process. And it's et cetera, and there's it's invite only, exclusively.
0: Can you find it on Google Maps?
1: Yes but you can't see anything because of the redwoods. I did it earlier today. Okay. I try, I was trying to, like, follow... That was what
0: four hours was, just a slow drag. <laughs> it's really and true.
1: I was trying to look, because Alex says in his, like, description, he was saying, like, I came out onto Osprey View Road, and so I was trying to find it on... Someone drew, like, a cartoon version of the map sure. with all of the camps and stuff, so I was going to mention, like, what camps he was walking past, but I could not find Osprey View I need Road. to stop
0: texting Griffin when I'm going on a hike and just start texting you. Yeah, probably. You would find me. Oh, I would find you. You would find... <laughs> Me. I would find him. Griffin would remember two days later that he hadn't heard from oh, me. Shit. And I love you. Griffin is just who we are. You know, it's not criticism.
1: We'll <laughs> like, are you back?
0: I'll have to text you when I get home from recording.
1: Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, membership is invite only. And on top of being that exclusive, it costs $25,000 to join and a $5,000 annual fee.
0: So, cost $30,000 to join your first year yes and then $5,000 every year after that that's actually not nearly as expensive as I thought it would be
1: yes Um, the wait list to join because there is technically a wait list of like people that have been invited, but like they're capped at how many people okay. they have, is 15 years long. 50 or 15? 15. Okay. There are 20,000 men. I mean, people got dying men. on that list pretty regularly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 20,000 men waiting to join. Oh. Yeah. There are absolutely no cell phones, no cameras, no recording equipment allowed. There's an employee who remembers seeing a member's cell phone get smashed in front of him. And this is under the guise of don't bring your outside troubles inside, but it's really a reminder that everything in the Grove kind of like stays in the Grove. (laughs) And members (laughs) will even get punished for something as simple as like handing out a business card. Really? So, some ongoings. Um, This is where we kind of talk about what Alex, um, the Vanity Fair journalist, was doing. So one of the main rules is that you... Okay, we're gonna get into that in a second, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> first, one of the main rules is that you pee everywhere and anywhere. Specifically, on the Redwoods. It's not like a rule, but it is like a socially accepted norm. I would shake this norm. table if
0: it wouldn't ruin our audio equipment right yes. now.
1: Isn't that infuriating? So it's possible that it's them trying to symbolically assert their dominance over nature... Um, many of them, but many of them are elderly and likely have prostate problems, and there's a lot of drinking involved, so it's also possible that, like, they're just not getting where they need to go, and now they've, like, made it a social norm.
0: They're like, I'm just gonna pee here, because there's no way we could have yes. enough bathrooms. Um,
1: here's a quote. While the tawdriness of drinking a gallon of beer and urinating on a majestic redwood seems like just a playful regression into frat boy behavior, it is informed by the old conservative paradigm that men... Parentheses, particularly, you know, the white ones, close parentheses, are far above nature in God's plan. This author also points out that some of the same men relieving themselves on some of the most ancient and also endangered trees in the world Mm -hmm. are the same men lobbying for drilling for oil in the Arctic and not having a care in the world for how humans are dangerously changing the temperature of the planet. Fire. Fire all of it. Yes, um, between 1984 and 2005, the Bohemian Club logged 11,000. Um, I fuck. I can't remember. It's like boards or something. Square. I don't know. Prime redwoods from and Douglas firs from their grove. Redwoods are the tallest and largest trees in the world and are listed as endangered by the International Union for this Conservation of Nature. This is such a of
0: fucking perfect analogy for mm-hmm. conservatism. Yes. Because they actually, to accomplish what they want, need the redwoods to provide them for the privacy that they so clearly crave. But their own stupidity and greed takes over and they are destroying what they need out of their own temporary vanity.
1: And it's- uh... and to, destroy...
0: <laughs> <laughs> to destroy something that's so old that like so many of us understand that like a real legacy is like what continues of your work after you have left that space, whether it's like you've left a job or you've left like a, like a friendship or, you know, when you've left, I don't know, your time here on earth that like the legacy is like what is left behind and they are as busy as possible fucking tearing shit down mm-hmm. that was there before them. And they just cannot stand the idea that it would be there after them.
1: It's infuriating. And Alex breaks down, like, the average cost that they would, like, the amount of money that they would get from selling this, and it's pennies in a bucket for of what course it is making compared to their own membership fees. Yes. Because you can't, like, it is valuable but you're not selling it for much and, and for them.
0: And it's not like it's part of, like, a big renovation project or no. expand the camp. Clearly they don't want to expand membership and stuff. But Like, no. the facilities, the size of the facilities are exactly the size that they want the camp to be.
1: Yeah. Why are they touching the trees? Dude, I don't know. It's infuriating. And, okay, so, um, the family of trees that they are from used to cover much of the world, but now there are only three species remaining, the redwoods being one of them. Redwoods can grow up to 375 feet tall, which is 35 stories. The area in which they grow has been decreasing over the last, like, decades and years and centuries and whatever. Some of these trees are over 3,000 years old. There were redwoods around when the T-Rex was alive, to give you some, like, oh my yeah one uh, member who was interviewed is John C. Hooper. His nickname is Jock, and he is a friend of Alex Shumatoff, the Vanity Fair journalist. Um, Jock approached Alex because he found out some of the most enormous trees on the camp were marked for cutting. So that's virgin growth, that's old growth, that's stuff that you absolutely should not cut down. There is a moral for how you're supposed to do it. And um, Jock's family, I didn't write all of this down, comes from uh like like a very prestigious old money family and they have owned redwoods that have been farmed for wood but there's a way that you do it you only farm new growth sure you only farm like certain types of growth you do not touch old growth or virgin growth at all and so he was pissed off about it so jock was a fourth generation bohemian club member but is now one of the loudest voices against the grove's forestry practices Jock has left the club and is now an organic family farmer <laughs> with his wife Molly. <laughs>
0: <Hell> as old <laughs> as time,
1: and I think he does have some redwoods on his property that he farms. But again, he farms it in the way that you're supposed to, that helps promote growth and everything. Right. Um, and so part of that is the reason why the Bohemian Club leadership won't take him seriously, because they're like, "Well, you're doing it too."
0: Sure. Well, um, I mean, they aren't going to take it seriously because you cannot, you truly cannot shame conservatives out no. of their bad. Yeah, behavior. they won't do it. They don't care for honor or mm-hmm. for like logic it's not part of their worldview
1: so uh, i think at one point when he was in the grove um like i said he's a fourth generation member so he kind of grew up there and he would go there to the grove even when it wasn't the camp um, with his grandfather and kind of hike around because it is a beautiful property and so i think at one point he was hiking uh and he found there's like two or three big areas in the grove um they're called bull barn hollow tree and then another one is called like kitchen creek i believe and these areas have some of the tallest and oldest trees on the property and so when he was hiking around he happened to cross bull barn and hollow tree and those trees that were in these areas were marked for cutting and so that's kind of what set him off and he was like you can't cut those down right like that's not okay and so that's what kind of led him to approach leadership and be like you can't do this and he was extensively told over and over again like mind your business like get out um and so he tra- uh, he then uh, on top of becoming an organic family farmer and quit it, or like leaving the Bohemian Club, he started his own club called the <laughs> Bohemian Redwood Rescue Club. and the rescue club has succeeded. Um, he started this club in like 2005 and this article was written in 2009. So by that time, the rescue club had succeeded in getting the leadership to save the old growth in the two areas of the forest called Bull Barn and Hollow tree. okay so those ones are not getting cut, but they are still logging other areas of there the forest.
0: There was sorry. You're good. The way my brain has just like accelerated through space on this topic. <laughs> During the pandemic when we were all spending way too much time online. Oh yeah. There was this idea about getting like Thousands of people outside of Area 51 and rushing the gate. Yes, with I remember the idea that. Of being like, they can't take all of us. And like, mm-hmm. the US military absolutely could can ta- take they all have of drones. you. They have um, drones. <laughs> but I don't think this has quite the same level of like automatic machine gun outside the front door. That's like, what? How? Like, it's 2,000 really old guys. And then like the security service, sure, that like I'm sure mm-hmm. is armed and stuff. Oh, yeah. But it's like. And I'm not I'm not saying violence. I'm saying overrun the (sighs) camp, ruin the weekend, get them to leave because they can't now speak their secrets and like ruin it. Ruin it for
1: them a little bit, yeah.
0: You can't congregate all that people all those people in one place who are like that, you know, well known, and not have the weekend be figure it outable.
1: Also, like they already stole it.
0: Right. Uh, Thank you.
1: Like it's not even their original idea. Correct. Yeah. Um. So He tried to bring, or Jock tried to bring it up with leadership about the logging issues and those two areas. This was before he left and everything. Um, He wanted to bring it up. He was like, this has to be a mistake. There's no way those trees are meant for cutting. Um, And he was politely told to mind his own business. He ended up leaving the club due to their logging. Uh, Jock learned that since 1984, 500,000 board feet of fir and redwood have been logged unbeknownst to the majority of the club. In 2002, Jock wrote a paper to the committee um, called Discussing the Negative Impacts of Logging the Grove, and this was given to the entire committee and then any other member who was interested or didn't sure. know about the logging. Um, he received a reply from the club president saying, quote, we have received complaints from members that you are sending unsolicited views contrary to our timber management plan, which is in effect. This promotes disharmony in the club. <laughs> in a word, it's, quote, unbohemian.
0: Oh, I'm sure it is. Which Join is, the group think or get out. which
1: is ironic because unbohemian literally means like unconventional. correct and artistic. And so well, to
0: be bohemian means to be unconventional. Yeah, and yeah, artistic. Yeah,
1: yeah. so un- to yeah. be un-bohemian, unbohemian is
0: to be conventional, yeah and realistic. <laughs> Truth's such a pesky it's, thing it's why they never bother with it
1: Yeah, and so to the club <laughs> Quote, bohemian Doesn't imply artist Or being unconventional Or moving against the grain Or anything like that It means um, Towing the party line Of course United we stand And unbohemian Means being disloyal And is the worst insult A member can be called Like in their mind so Jock continued his efforts with more papers, and in January 2004 received correspondence from the chairman saying, quote, we have devoted extensive time to the issues you have raised. For over a year, they have been an agenda item for, for almost all our meetings, and our decision is that our forest management, pra- management practices will remain in effect. Hmm. And that's, I think, when he left. Okay, and that's it for logging. Um, my notes now transition really quickly, so I'm sorry.
0: We're uh, <laughs> <laughs> living honest.
1: Yeah, like I said, not really uh, a lot of thought. <laughs> um, so, five easy pieces I talked about earlier is right. the music and theatrics camp on the Grove, and they do elaborate productions. <laughs> theater <camp. laughs> yes, they, theater camp. They do elaborate productions in makeup and quote drag. Okay. It's cross dressing. I don't want to call it, call it drag because it doesn't like have the cultural implications sure. that drag does. But they're just cross dressing because they don't allow women to be there. To be there. Right. So they're doing the Shakespearean thing of being like, well, men play women, whatever. Right. But I don't get the impression that it's always like a respectful portrayal.
0: Mmm. At this camp that doesn't allow women. Yeah. <laughs> Shocking.
1: Um, one member is quoted saying, "Sometimes the homoerotic themes can get weird." <laughs>
0: It's just... I... This episode's been great so far. Because it both confirms everything, but also leaves you speechless and stunned. Mm -hmm. What I want to say is this. I am reminded right now in this moment, in this episode, just how truly freeing at least my queer identity is. I think you share similar ideas. That, like, just how how absolutely freeing it can be to just express yourself and and enjoy whatever that version is of Mm -hmm. yourself. And that for all of these stodgy, miserable people who view that kind of freedom that you and I love as, you know, a danger to society, that they have to dip their toe in it every now and then to get to, a chance again, to Again, just experience. to scratch
1: that itch. Correct,
0: just to, much like just the to child sacrifice. Just to prove. Just to scratch that little queer itch, but they couldn't live liberated, so they have all the money in the world. They're surrounded by perhaps one of the most beautiful atmospheres, sorry, uh, amphitheaters that mm-hmm. our green earth can provide, yes. and they are still struggling to find the kind of freedom and fulfillment that you and I find living authentically in our lives here in Colorado. Yeah. And I hope they are unhappy and I hope that when they leave, they have a it life. gets worse for them.
1: Yes. And then I'm sorry. This... That's not
0: usually my spirit, but that is what no,
1: it is. Yes. This little <laughs> section, I clearly did not really integrate into the rest of the notes. And so we're <laughs> about to jump back and forth really quick. We'll make it and work. then we'll get into some really interesting stuff. So I'm sorry. We're going to go back to the logging for like two seconds. I okay. promise. Um, in 2009, the club acquired state approval for a logging plan, allowing it to harvest 1.7 million board feet of redwood timber a year for a hundred years. In California, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure. Um, there is talk in the Al- in Alex's article, and I didn't get too deep into it to like record what they were doing. But I think what's happening is they kind of sold the grove to some other type of organization to get away with that.
0: Mm, of course, they did.
1: Yes, and I think that's kind of what happened. Public
0: company. Russian nesting
1: dolls. Yep. Um, This is another quote from Alex. Um, These are just kind of like my word vomit notes from reading Alex's article. Um, So this is a quote from him. Um, The opening ceremony is called The Cremation of Care and features, according to Alex, quote, Druidic, Druidic, Masonic, Ku Klux Klan, and Aryan Forest worship overtones. He also talks about some of the notable members, which I didn't get to sort into the correct category or of my notes, whatever. Notable attendants have included Rumsfeld Kissinger, two former CIA directors, Masters of War, the Bechtels, and the Basses, board members for Halliburton, Lockheed Martin, Northrop Grumman, the Carlisle Group, the Rockefellers, Morgans, and more. Quote, many of the guys, in other words, who have been running the country into the ground and ripping us off for decades. Hmm. Alex was also everyone who has written or infiltrated or done anything that's like outside of the club is like, fuck that place. They come
0: out just furious,
1: furious. Um, So now we're going to get into infiltration,
0: okay, which is my
1: favorite. Bringing
0: it down from the inside.
1: And then we're going to get into an article written by one of the people that worked there, which is my favorite, um, because it's very hard to get. Uh, People that work there and members to talk about what goes on in the club and the Grove. Um, And so a lot of her insight, because she interviews her friends, essentially. And it's very interesting. Okay, but first, infiltration. A lot of journalists had tried to sneak in, or have tried to sneak in, or have been invited as guests and have tried to, like, write articles of it. Um, They're not allowed phones or any recording devices, so it then becomes a little difficult. It's really
0: hard to prove anything that they write about. Exactly.
1: But... Uh, So 1989, journalist Philip Weiss managed to get an invite as a guest and detailed his experience in the Spy Magazine article titled, quote, Masters of the Universe Go to Camp Inside the (laughs) Bohemian Grove. And one of his quotes that was quoted a lot in other articles said, um, quote, you know, you are inside the Bohemian Grove when you come down a trail in the woods and hear piano music from a amid a group of tents and then round a bend to see a man with a beer in one hand and his penis in the other urinating into the bushes. Um, In July 2000, another quote from the bold italic because this author is great. um, Andrew is his name. Everyone, quote, everyone's least favorite Barking meatball. Alex Jones infiltrated the grove. (laughs) 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 Filmed it. He
0: didn't get an invite either.
1: Filmed it and made a frankly bonkers documentary. (laughs) (laughs) I watched the first bit of it. Nuts. Is it? It's crazy. Hold on.
0: Is it crazy because of what they capture on film? Or is it crazy because you can hear Alex Jones speaking Alex Jones the entire time? Yes. Both? Yeah. Good. A hundred percent. I might actually have to catch some of that a little bit. (laughs) Probably some (laughs) of the only video footage of the grove.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Joan, this is a continuation that quote Jones and his cameraman were expecting to find actual child sacrifices at the base of the owl <laughs>
0: of course they were <laughs>
1: instead they just found a bunch of drunk old rich white men pissing on stuff
0: <laughs> I'm not defending the grove but it's so no. funny that Alex Jones got disappointed she was
1: like So this is a so I watched, like I said, the first little bit of it Um, at the beginning, Alex Jones is talking about how these elite people who get to basically control our world are obsessed with the occult and how we've seen um, historical figures discuss their beliefs in astrology, mediums, spiritual guides, shamans, etc. And then he goes on to say, quote, my friends, it gets far worse than that. Um, leaders from around the world, prime ministers, chancellors, presidents, governors—again, the heads of industry, banking, academia, the media, Hollywood—only a select few, a little over two thousand people, travel there to engage in bizarre, ancient Canaanite, Luciferian, Babylon mystery religion ceremonies. <coughs> At least that was the rumor.
0: <laughs> Only Alex Jones could take the worst place in the world, make yeah. it sound so fun, and then be like, "Isn't that awful?" Yes. <laughs> Like, his his unique ability yeah. to ruin everything he touches in a way that's so uniquely awful to him. Yeah. Because that description, I'd sign up for that in an instant. Yeah. yeah. Ancient
1: uh, Canaanite Luciferian Babylon mystery religion.
0: All I heard is Babylon. I'm like, well, sign me up. It sounds witchy to me is all I'm saying. Me, 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 tucker, That's it.
1: That's the one. Houdini reference. <laughs> um, another person who infiltrated um, John Ronson which I read the name as Ron Johnson and then was like,
0: John Ross. John Ross.
1: <laughs> it just feels
0: wrong. It does. It is, because it is wrong. It <laughs> is wrong. <laughs>
1: it is wrong. Um, so his series, um, The Secret Rulers of the World, um, discusses the Bohemian Grove and the Bohemian Club. He says, quote, my lasting impression was of an all pervading sense of immaturity. The Elvis impersonators, the pseudo pagan spooky rituals, the heavy drinking. These people might have reached the apex of their professions, but emotionally they seem trapped by their college years. Mm love that and now we're that's why
0: they've ruled the world because they're psychopaths
1: they're literally crazy they
0: did not learn empathy in in high school much to our best attempts and that was never encouraged in college and now they go to the grove every year how long is this weekend again
1: it's It's two weeks
0: oh it's two but they're not there the entire time
1: I think they can kind of come and go as they please. They have valets on hire, which we'll talk about. Yeah, so I think they can come and go like they don't need to show up for the whole two weeks, Um, which is why Alex I think at the beginning said, I heard McCain will come next weekend. Oh. Um, Congress
0: will be on recess. Yes.
1: There's an article by Sophie Weiner. um, My summer job at the Bohemian Grove serving milkshakes to the shit-faced global elite. That is the actual title of the article she wrote. That's
0: an old-timey article that tells the whole story. That's the whole story. Right below that, Mrs. Agatha Christie (laughs) found.
1: (laughs) Um, And she worked there the summer of 2009. Okay. Um, While it's difficult to become a member of the Bohemian Club, it is easy to get a service job. (laughs) <laughs> Which, why didn't any of the journalists think about that? Like, what? why are they all In climbing through yourself. fences? Like, go, yeah, go get a fucking... Ju- whatever. Because you know dumbasses. some of these
0: people, especially when they get drunk, do not view the service workers around them or, like, clock that they're there. Exactly. You could see so much. Exactly. And really? I bet you could, especially after a while... They, the pat-downs get laxer. You figure out what they do and don't touch. You can get recording equipment in.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I have summers off. <laughs> Is that mean another old-fashioned, Governor DeSantis? <laughs> Sorry. <coughs> Is that another old-fashioned, Governor DeSantis? That's better. Yeah, that's better. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm going to do it. I'm going to... Could do it. <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. I have a really fun summer planned every year. I I Maybe mean, it's gonna be fun. I could write a book.
2: Ooh. You could. Ooh.
0: Let not... us know in the comments if we should do it or not. <laughs> I'll
1: do it. I'll fucking do it. Um, there's a quote. There's a quote here from an employee. Her name is Olivia. It said, "Quote: um, If you don't get hired at the Grove, you probably have a felony on your record or showed up to the interview looking terrible." Um, For valet parking, there was no training whatsoever, (laughs) like none. They just throw you to the wolves. You're parking like $300,000 Bentleys, and they're just like, go as fast as you can. Fast, fast, fast. I
0: mean, that's kind of of fun.
1: Um, The author, Sophie, worked as a server in the dining circle, which she described as a, quote, a charming clearing surrounded by old growth redwood trees and filled with enough picnic tables for several hundred members. She recalls a literal red line on the ground defining the area where females were not allowed past. And
0: I'm I'm not shocked, but I am shocked. I know,
1: right? Conveniently, all of the lucrative jobs like maintenance Uh, and employee driving are on the other other side side of that that line.
0: Of course, that line. Yeah.
1: Yep. Sophie said most of the employees that get hired are like 19, 20, 21. They're all like literally out of high school, early sure. college, Super trying to make a Super
0: malleable, young and desperate.
1: Yep. Typically, um, you would clock in. This was from one of the guys that worked there. Uh, you would clock in around 2 p.m. and work until like midnight or later. Mm. That's your typical hours.
0: Solid 10, 12-hour yeah. shift. Mm,
1: yeah. um, Do they
0: tip you? Probably not. I, d- I doubt it. Not that group. Um,
1: while the members are encouraged to kick up their feet and relax, be themselves, and get shit-faced, the employees are under strict rules all employees refer to the members as gentlemen and are and are told to generally avoid conversing with the members unless they are like spoken to to engage in conversation Mm. men cannot have like men that work there cannot have hair past their ears or any stubble at all quote oh this was like an email (laughs) that she got um if you show up with a five o'clock shadow you will be instructed to use a the 50 cent razor to take care of it ladies cannot wear dangling earrings long bangs or glitter the fuck? Uh, one employee, Megan, who was a server there for two years, remembers wearing a clear piercing in her eyebrow just to test the waters. She was immediately sent home and said she had to take it out every shift and the piercing was basically infected the entire time she worked there. Yeah, gross. Bandages are preferable to visible tattoos. They remember there was one girl that they worked with who always had a bandage on her neck and they were thinking that she was always like had gotten into like a bad accident or something sure. like that. No, she just had a tattoo ne- ta- on tattoo. her neck. Yeah. One female employee, Devin, was accepted to Harvard on a full scholarship from the town um, Monte Rio, I think it was. Um, while working at the Grove one summer, she was asked by a member what she does outside of serving them dinner. First of all, gross. Yeah. Um, she told them that she went to Harvard. They all cheered for her. The table uh, she was serving was part of the Harvard camp at the Grove. Most were very excited for her and asked her a lot of follow-up questions, like what she was specializing in, all of that, like. A, Classic stuff you get asked when you tell someone you're going to college. Right. This is a quote. Quote, then one man who was directly on my left kind of thoughtfully shook his head and said, I didn't think people like you went to Harvard. Oh. Mm-hmm. I mean,
0: he's not necessarily wrong. You've rigged the system at America's most elite universities. Yes. That That is actually a correct statement, statement. But there is always exceptions to the rule to prove that it's not a mm-hmm. rule.
1: Yep. This is a quote from Sophie. There were a few things that made the job special. The asshole customer yelling at you about something out of your control could be our next president. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's it's such so a funny awful. quote. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and this, I just literally took a screenshot because it's a whole paragraph, but this is from Devin. Devin remembered a night when she had to break it to the ex-Republican presidential candidate... Jeb Bush.
0: <laughs> I think <laughs> you mean, Jeb, at an exclamation point. Yeah. That was his logo. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's like Joe. Correct. Joe. <laughs>
0: What was it? John Ronson? Oh, my God. A name you'd write in a parody movie, but whatever.
1: Um, She had to break it to the ex-Republican president candidate that she couldn't get him a milkshake. (laughs) She said to him, quote, the pastry chefs are busy making dessert for everyone. So there are rules about when you can order milkshakes, she said. One night, Jeb <laughs> Bush... rules
0: about your milkshake ability Continue.
1: <laughs> One night, Jeb Bush is there and he flags me down and asks for a milkshake. I give him my spiel about why you can't get a milkshake before eight p m. He's like, "No, I really want a milkshake." I'm like, "I'm sorry, sir. I can't get you one." So he asks to speak to my manager. Like his presidential campaign, Bush's milkshake confrontation would end in defeat. (laughs) Good for her. (laughs) So I find the manager and tell him what's going on. He goes back over to the table and tells him basically the same thing I did. Jeb Bush gets kind of angry. He said something like, do you know who I am? The manager bends down and says, yes, sir. I know who you are, but the milkshake rule still applies to you.
0: God, Dalton Abbey needs that
1: scene. I know. Downton Abbey needs that scene. Now we're going to talk about the theater for a little bit.
0: <laughs> really glad that this terrible cult <laughs> of horrible people that rule our world still and are destroying a... nature still has a little comedy aspect to it.
1: Theater, since the members are all men, the men in the plays cross dress. Some of the professional, ent- some are professional entertainers, but most are not. Um, one of the employees who worked in the productions like department is quoted saying, quote, It is some of the worst theater I've ever seen. <laughs> in 1989, Philip Weiss said some one-night shows cost as much as $75,000. $75,000... To make? In to na- put on? Yes, in 1989
0: is... $75,000. An annual salary.
1: That's in 1989. You want to know how much it is today? Yes. $185,000. Oh god.
0: What? For a one-night performance of what I'm sure is a misreading of King Lear or a misreading of Frankenstein?
1: (laughs) That's real. That's
0: real. We love referencing our own stuff these days. Yeah, we're really good.
1: Um, So this is a quote from Will. He said, sometimes it's a stage designer that's able to make an entire set from pieces of garbage. Then some guys show up who've never done lights before so he can just make everything pink. Then there's a guy who is on his fifth glass of wine reading off a script, and they're all on the same." stage together. He also says, I've seen grown men throw hissy fits about whether they can have a person on stage fall through a trap door. I'm like, there's no trap door built, so we have to find the money to build a trap door. <laughs> <laughs> also, the person you want to drop through the trap door is a 78-year-old arthritic man. That's not Kill safe. <laughs> Kill him. Let's go. Let's do it. Walter Cronkite's owl voice hey, is do? like, do it.
0: <laughs> and welcome to the human sacrifice portion of the- Camp. I want to point out that, uh, listener, especially if this is not your first episode, I think you know this is not my and I's soul, except for these 2,000 very specific people, people yeah. in which we're like, do it, bet <laughs> <but> you won't.
1: <laughs> Set it alight, send hand Bonnie over there and tell her she can't have something.
0: Bet you won't kill Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. <laughs>
1: You are now on a list.
0: (laughs) I'm sure I am. (laughs) Proud. Listen, if you don't wake up every day and think, how could I upset Tucker Carlson with the mundane things that bring me joy, then you're not living a radical enough existence.
1: You just literally dress up as the green (laughs) M&M, but like not the sexy one. Oh, you
0: mean the lesbian green (laughs) (laughs) M&M?
1: She's not wearing the sexy boots anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Um, These are both quotes from Sophie. Despite these quirks, working at the Grove was largely like any other boring, (laughs) shitty service industry job, something to slog through for some spending money. After working at the Grove, I really do believe that Area 51 is a boring Nevada test site full of nothing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I've said this, though. I've said this before. You cannot keep any kind of secret that 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 is that good with more than two or three people. The
1: Unabomber would tell you.
0: Exactly. Have you ever, I mean, like, (laughs) have you ever been to a party Ever before. If anyone has anything even remotely to say, mm. it's getting tossed out.
1: Yeah. 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 So we're going to end with two quotes from my two favorite articles the Bold <laughs> Italic and Sophie uh, Weiner. <laughs> This is from the Bold Italic. Also read Alex's article. He just doesn't have any, like, funny, quippy things to say. He's just seriously actually mad. And so, you know, Appropriately so. Appropriately so. But these ones are funny. Um, this is from the Bold Italic. Quote, whether or not the conspiracies of human sacrifices and paganism are true, we know that at the very least, every summer, world leaders get shitfaced faced and pretend to offer a human body in fiery sacrifice to a massive bird in the middle of the woods North of San Francisco, after which they may or may not decide which distant country to bomb or who should be the next president. Here's one from Sophie. My high school friends with our pimply faces and food service frustrations didn't even register on the power scale at work in this space and likely never will. Ultimately, the reason there's no real vetting process for Grove employees is that nothing happening there is all that damning. If you accept that the world is a capitalist hegemony Mm -hmm. controlled by old white men who can piss wherever they want.
0: (laughs) If you accept that, then nothing shocks you. That's
1: it, yeah. So my sources, I think I mentioned a lot of them. Um, Vanity Fair with Alex Shumatoff, um, the infiltration and the redwood trees. The Bold Italic, um, my summer working there... uh, By Sophie Viner. And then Dark Secrets in Bohemian Grove by Alex Jones. (laughs) Which is a crazy thing to say that I had to quote. I hope
0: that's the only time in this entire podcast that we ever quote Alex Jones. Yeah, you want to see some more creepy photos? I want to see all these photos. These are some more that were referenced.
1: That is what looks like a child, which I now think is dull cares. Um, the fake oh, child effigy. but it
0: looks really it like looks a child. really real. But what year is this photo? I think that... 1909 one. is what mm-hmm. it looks like, yeah. which is also for sure adding to the creepiness of all of yes. this.
1: Yep, yep, yep.
0: Um, can I go to the next one, yep. too? Yeah. Oh, oh.
1: Lynching of what we hope is a mannequin.
0: oh. Oh, that's really uncomfortable to look at. Looks like the same kind of camp, like same kind of year, so it's 1909, when lynching is still definitely happening in the U.S., Mm -hmm. and there's, I mean, people with, like, raccoon hats, and someone with actually really nice white boots.
1: Yeah. um, Here's another one of these men dressed as... Oh, wow. Oh, this (laughs) this is... Her caption was, this doesn't seem fun. (laughs) (laughs) Or their caption, I keep...
0: It's crazy to think that one of these might be like you know McCarthy and like the famous communist scare or whatever. I will say this: money will put a certain gloss on things, you know. Yeah. Uh, They are they are they costumes are good, right? They do not they themselves do not look good, but you it's it doesn't look cheap is Mm -hmm. what I'm trying to say. They look expensively awful. Yes. And they actually have some pretty nice wigs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Money can buy. I've watched lot enough of Drag things. Race
0: to know that. And so, and then this is the modern day clubhouse, yeah, that's the actual which is club like house. hopefully just apartments for like gay artists and feminists these days. It's
1: still a thing. It's still Good. a club that you can go to and have like lunch. I read another article uh, where this is um, just okay. Oh yeah, that that's the headlining mm. uh, cartoon 100%, of how I uh, Sophie this. Viner's <laughs> article.
0: Is that it for the pictures? Yep, that's it for the pictures.
1: Um, but if though. you go to the bold italics article, um, they ref or they have a link to archive.org where all of the pictures are from like the '60s and, er- and like early '90s. All the photos that have been referenced here and then even more are online that you can look at. And then the Alex Jones documentary is unhinged. Uh, there's a lot of articles, and all of them are speculation because like you can't really right. know anything about it. And it's listen, I. If I get an alarm clock, it will be Walter Cronkite's voice welcoming me (laughs) to the cremation of care, care. (laughs) of an owl.
0: Well, what's also tough about this story is that, like, the way the the way the story is told is is actually really believable. Mm -hmm. Like, I do not think of these people as like deep creative geniuses, and you do not need something spectacular to plan. Like, oh, we're all going to fund this presidential candidate and then we're going to get this policy passed. That doesn't require, like, a clandestine meeting in, like, a basement room. You can absolutely do that over what is probably some, like, you know, cosplay working class beers Mm -hmm. um, as you, like, talk amongst your friends and things. So the fact that it is otherwise just, like, a boring weekend of conversation between men who just want to have their dicks out all the time is so believable that it almost now that I've sat with this information for an hour and a half, two hours, it is, (laughs) I'm almost disappointed in them for their lack of creativity. You could have, you could have a layer and instead you're cutting it down.
1: Exactly. Cause if you go on Google maps right now, you can't see any of it, but, um, Jock, there's a whole part of this article of Alex's article where Jock is showing Alex, like the Google images of one of the reasons that he got kicked out was he was reprimanded for taking photos Mm. of some of the, um, like groves that had been destroyed, and he was told that he was reprimanded for having his phone at all. Sure, and he was like, they were considering revoking his hiking privileges on the property. <laughs> and I think he pulled like a really posh. That it was like a um, um, an employee, and he said like, it's really inappropriate for an employee to like talk about revoking the rights of a member. <laughs> is how he like got away with it. Yeah, <laughs> but he shows all, a lot of pictures and a lot of like uh, Google Earth images of what they've. Done to the property um, yeah. over the years, and it's nuts. Yeah, hmm. but they could have done more.
0: There could literally be like an underground layer where you drive your car into, but instead, you That's keep funny. hiring 19-year-olds to drive you around in a golf cart after they parked your Bentley or whatever. Exactly. The bounties are probably rentals. Most of them probably don't drive to California, but still. But
1: <laughs> now that I've thought about it, now that I've thought about it, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, it's. It's one of the few episodes where there's, like, nothing to add. Yeah. No final dressings, no color, where you're like, well, that's the world. That's how it is. I hate it. but
1: That's Bohemian Grove.
0: Still really fascinating.
1: But now you see why I didn't want to name it Important Secrets.
0: Oh, yeah. Or a big deal. Or a big deal. We don't need to give them their... Influential Secrets. (laughs) Influential Secrets. Um. Yeah. Maybe it's a forest theme. Because I now have to figure out what... Because I both get to pick a story, and I think the like theme is malleable right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Influential Secrets is good. Okay. Maybe. We'll see. We'll find well, out. Well, it
1: has to be titled like in the next 30 seconds. So. Oh,
0: Influential Secrets is great. I love it so <laughs> much. Especially because I need to use the forests. Bath. I need to use the he roots needs to of pee redwoods. on redwoods. <laughs> okay,
1: well... Um, you know where to find us. We're on social media at Well I Laughed on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all the all the good places. And then we're also on Gmail at uh, Well I Laughed Podcast or Well I Laughed Pod at gmail.com. And then our Patreon is Well I Laughed Podcast. And we have a lot of fun on Discord. And you should totally join and we support us. you do have
0: a lot of fun on Discord. It's, it's
1: really fun. People post like little updates and it's really cute. And I love here. it. And everyone's super supportive. And anyway, that's Bohemian Grove. And um, I am now pessimistic about the future (laughs) of our world, but like
0: whatever. Just more clear-eyed about how awful it Mm -hmm. is. Yeah. Anyway. Bye. Bye, Bye, friends. (laughs)